Hello and welcome to the Ramen Commerce Podcast. The objective of this podcast is to inspire Ramen Commerce students through interviews and teachings with industry professionals. We look to provide insight into the tips and tricks they learned along their journey and how to find success within the professional world. Today's guest is Helen Hu. Graduated from Wattman in 2019, Helen is currently in her second year as a staff accountant at Deloitte Private. Through her time at university, she was involved with the Rotman Commerce Accounting Society, taught as a swimming instructor, and helped out as a teaching assistant in various Rotman courses. Helen believes that although schoolwork and job hunting may get tough, it is important to start each day with a smile, because you can only do something when you believe that you can. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us today, Helen. So, um, as we mentioned in your bio earlier, you graduated from Rotman not too long ago. So I suppose you would be sort of the perfect person to ask something that many students would be curious about. So the transition from student life to becoming an employee at a professional workplace. So could you speak to some of your experiences, what sort of work a new hire can expect to see and how to really fit the ground running? For sure. And I think this question sort of has three parts. So I'm just going to break it down into the three parts. Um, So starting with the transitioning portion. So transitioning from a student to a full-time employee, it definitely requires some adjustment. And while I was super excited to finally become an adult and start my life after university, it was definitely a challenge and it took me some time to get used to it. So Maybe to make this more comparable to everybody that's listening out there, um, to give an example that everyone can relate to, I think we can compare this transition to our transition from high school to university. So some of the things that changed was our course load increased, we had more work to do, and the amount of academic um, toll on us, we had to spend more time studying. Um, We no longer had our high school teachers um, to kind of constantly remind us that our assessments are coming up next week or there's an assignment to be handed in. So um, that means that we had to manage our own deadlines and expectations. So I remember in my first year of university, I got an agenda from uh, our student union and I I wrote like all of my assignment deadlines and my midterms in it and it was just full. And then I later switched it to Google Calendar because it was a little bit easier to track. Um, But that did mean that I had to spend more time sort of tracking my deliverables. And obviously for some students, um, um, they had to move maybe from a different city or even a different country to come to university. And I guess this year, um, as part of the pandemic, a lot of the students, they stayed in their home countries but they attended university through like a 12 hour time zone virtually. So all of this was really difficult, right? But I guess as the month passed by, we kind of got used to our new lifestyle and it became much more manageable that way. And I think by the same sort of reasoning and the same idea, um, I think transitioning from a student to the workplace is similar. Um, So in terms of myself, when I started my full-time job, I definitely had increased responsibilities. And instead of handing in assignments to my TA or my professor, I submitted my work to my manager for review now. Um, I also had to do plenty of on-the-job learning because I had a lot of questions to ask. And there was definitely a little bit less flexibility uh, because working required me to be present at the workplace for a set amount of time throughout the day. Um, But obviously the plus side was I didn't have to study Um, and handing my assignments anymore, which is pretty exciting for me personally. Um, But obviously all of these are just um, a normal part of growing up. And 
is you could transition from high school to university. Um, similarly, you can transition from university to work as well. Um, and I know that was, that was the first part for the transitioning. Um, but in terms of the type of work that I guess a new hire or someone who just started a full-time position would be required to do. Um, so I think generally all new hires do go through a phase of going through basic training and orientation just to get uh, used to their new normal. Um, so, you know, your expectations are communicated to you and you also have a chance to learn more about the company in general and also meet some other coworkers that you can kind of network with. So I think in my year, uh, over 100 new uh, employees started with me and we did training all together. Um, and that was kind of a way for me to get to know some new people and also make my own friend circle, I guess, uh, within the new uh, year of, into, uh, I guess, like full timers that started with me. Um, so I guess it is really difficult to sort of perform your responsibilities perfectly on day one and that's expected. So there's always a learning process full of asking questions and uh, to the teams that you're working with. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be placed with managers and teams, um, and they were extremely helpful and taught me what I had to do. Uh, and they were also very patient with me and answered all of my questions. So thankfully, for, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I'm sure all companies have a, a similar sort of training and support program that's just designed to help you get through that transition process. Um, so you definitely won't be doing it alone. Um, and lastly, just some general recommendations and tips for, I guess, when you're going into your full-time work. Um, so just keep in mind that learning happens on the job. So nobody's going to expect you to walk in on day one and know how to do everything perfectly. Um, but we do have the knowledge that we sort of gained throughout our university career. And we learned that and it's kind of in our brains. Um, so that's something that we're able to kind of apply to our work. Um, secondly is to ask lots of questions. So don't be afraid to ask because asking questions shows that you have a curious mindset and that you're always um, willing and able to learn more. And also don't be um, anxious, I guess, about starting a new job after graduation because it's really just the next big milestone in your life. And you've done a really great job. You've finally graduated from university. Um, you just have to continue doing your best and just be you. <laughs> Yeah, that was really nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really love the analogy with, you know, the transition from high school to university. I think, you know, like having the right uh, attitude, as you said, and surrounding yourself with good mentors is the right way to go. Definitely. For sure. And so also one of the main reasons why we started this podcast was to sort of give commerce students a more frank and clear perspective on the sort of recruitment process so do you have any advice on you know, standing out as a candidate or any notes about personal branding? Um, for sure. And I fully understand the stress and anxiety that kind of comes with, with recruitment. Um, I was there myself not too long ago, <laughs> and I've definitely had plenty of sleepless nights just waiting for that call to say, oh, did I get the interview or checking Absolutely. my phone every, <laughs> checking my phone every two minutes to see if I got that email to say, oh, you're moving on to the final round. Um, but obviously, like most jobs require all um, candidates to have great teamwork, um, communication, leadership skills, and they also want you to have decent grades. It, it sort of seems like a checklist that we're all required to take off. So um, I think um, 
in my opinion, like you're having your own brand would definitely help you not only fit into those criteria, um, but it also allows you to differentiate yourself from your peers. And um, this can be also something that you can focus on during interviews, something to highlight to your interviewer that makes you sort of different from another person. Um, and I think taking a step back and sort of defining what a personal brand really is, um, I think it could be a, something as simple as um, something that's unique about you um, that you can say, this is what makes me different from the person sitting next to me at the exam center, for example. Um, it might be difficult to kind of find that uniqueness about yourself. So it kind of comes as um, you're searching through everyday life. So whether it be your habits, something that you really, really believe in, or even something that I found that was personally helpful was it's something that maybe your friends or your acquaintances kind of say, oh, I noticed that this person really likes doing this or they always do this. So uh, it might be more easier, I guess, for someone else to observe something about you that even yourself might not know about. So I really just um, strongly encourage everybody to kind of put this thought and have it in the back of your mind, kind of as you're carrying on with everyday life, um, and then highlight something that makes you, you. Absolutely. And, you know, leveraging your friends and your close um, friends uh, and peers is a really great idea, I think, to sort of figure out what you have in yourself. And so aside from, you know, finding your personal brand, do you have any sort of general tips for recruiting that you've gathered throughout your experiences? For sure. Um, I'm definitely not an expert on how to ace your interview or maybe get every single interview that you apply for. Um, but I guess I do have some general tips just based on things that I've observed over the years or I've just learned from like kind of looking at other people. Um, so I'm sure that everybody has heard of this phrase so many times, um, but networking is very, very important. And um, I think we all know what the phrase, but we kind of don't really think about why it's important. So I wanted to kind of shed some light on that. So when you're attending things such as the networking events or like special um, company events, um, this shows the company that you're genuinely interested in being a part of that company and you want to learn more about them. And um, this gives you an advantage because the recruiters and the managers that's going to be uh, at those events, they're going to notice you because you're going to always show up um, and they will be on the lookout for future for your applications for future positions. Um, and one thing after attending your networking events is that you should reach out to the reps that um, you felt like you connected pretty well with. Um, and then you, ask, you should ask them to chat separately. So obviously, so asking for a coffee chat after the event. Um, so these meetings, uh, as well as the networking events that you're attending, these are all opportunities for you to learn more about what makes the company unique. And it also allows you to learn more about what the company has to offer for you. Um, so this information along with your own research, it'll help you distinguish yourself um, from another applicant because you show, it shows that you also perform research on that company and you tailor that application specifically for that position. Um, and I think this brings me to emphasize the point that when you're applying for a position that you really like and you really, really want to uh, succeed in, um, you should not use like a standard cover letter where you sort of just use a template and then you submit to every single job posting out there. Um, you really need to sort of tailor that application specifically to the values and beliefs of that company. So that allows you to sort of 
um, meet that criteria of having a specifically tailored cover letter, um, which is basically what I was mentioning up above. Um, and I think in addition to the networking etiquette that I was talking about, one advice that I sort of want to share with students that I kind of gained over uh, my years of I guess, networking experience is to sort of modify the approach when you're responding to interview questions in general. So I know that everybody knows that we're supposed to use a star method when we're uh, answering uh, interview questions. So, you know, we just start with the situation, we talk about what we had to do, and then we talk about uh, the action that we took, and then we talk about the results and how we improve something. Yay. Um, that's great. But I think the purpose of the interviewer sort of asking you that question is to see whether you have a specific skill set. So let's say that we're talking about teamwork and you're giving an example of how you demonstrated teamwork in a uh, previous experience. So you gave them the analysis and you also told them res results. However, if you can sort of use what you learned from that situation, and then you can kind of relate it back to the role that you're currently interviewing for. And then you can state that this experience will allow you to become a more contributing team member because you understand that it uh, to succeed in something, it requires that everybody that's part of the team also um, have to finish their deadlines as well. So it can't just be a one person thing. Uh, so being able to sort of uh, have this statement at the end, it just assures the interviewer that you learned from this experience and you're also able to apply it to the future when you're actually working at that role. So I think uh, when you're uh, preparing for interview questions, I really recommend that you put in that extra R at the end. And it also allows you to round off your answers much better as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, like your point about, you know, seeing the bigger picture and, you know, having that purpose in mind, I think really makes networking and like the whole recruitment process a bit easier and, you know, flow better, definitely. And so, now a topic that's very relevant today um, is the sort of transition to remote study and remote work um, through this pandemic. And so I'm curious, how has your work changed with the shift to virtual? You know, on our side, many students felt that you know, networking and coffee chatting in a meaningful manner has become much harder these days. So if you could have any advice in maintaining that motivation and still being able to connect virtually. Yeah, and I think this is definitely a very uh, relatable um, topic that sort of everybody is trying to talk about nowadays, Absolutely. just because we've been doing this for really over a year now. So um, I think virtual work is definitely a little bit different from in-person work, audit work, at least for our audit clients. So it, it plays a barrier of communication between us as well as the team, as well as us and the client. So things just take a little bit longer now to do because there's the added time of having to write an email and draft it and send it to the client and also wait for them to reply back to us. Whereas uh, when we can work in person, we can just go up to our client and ask them the questions that we need. They can show us what they, we need to see. And also uh, when we're working uh, at, together in a team, we're able to sort of ask our team questions by just turning our computer screens and showing them what we mean. But now we have to do it through screen share and then discussing it with the team, I guess, over Skype or something like that. So that definitely did increase the level of difficulty or I guess increase the challenges that we had to face uh, in terms of just performing our normal everyday audit work. And um, so 
Yes, well, I mentioned that we've been doing this uh, for a little bit over a year now, and we've heard news from actually many different companies saying how the new normal will likely be a mixture of in-person work as well as uh, remote uh, work, just working from the comfort of our homes. And I think this will definitely translate from uh, much more companies in the future, just because during this pandemic, we proved that we can still do our work remotely during the pandemic. Um, and it would definitely be something different to look forward to. It'd be nice to have a split of working both in the office as well as working from home. Um, but obviously, we're all trying to figure out what's going to happen next together. And um, I've definitely struggled with working remotely. So definitely when you're uh, for students there that are studying, having remote classes or even doing remote exams, um, it must be a challenge. So I really do feel for everybody. So hang in there. <laughs> but in terms of having meaningful networking and coffee chats and just attending these virtual networking events, I really don't think there's much of a difference in terms of the impression that students leave for the reps. I've personally had a couple of um, virtual coffee chats. Uh, it was all done by Zoom. And I think it, just being able to take the time uh, as a student and um, having the courage to, you know, ask a rep um, and do this chat remotely during the pandemic, I think it shows a lot more initiative on the part of the students. And it's definitely harder to maintain eye contact during a virtual networking room because we're kind of looking at the camera when we're talking, but then uh, the rep might be looking at the screen. I know it's a little bit harder that way, but just keep in mind that the reps that you're talking to, um, they're all very proud that you're taking the time to kind of attend these events in light of the virtual environment. Uh, so that alone should already be plenty of motivation to, for lots of students to keep going and keep attending these events. And also keep in mind the importance of networking and its effect on the application um, that I mentioned previously. Um, and also try to find and emphasize that item that makes you more unique to help you stand out. Um, sometimes standing out might not be as difficult as you think it is. So I think uh, for me personally, uh, back then when we were still doing in-person um, networking circles, uh, I always found myself sort of just standing in that circle and just being there. I didn't really talk as much as the other more talkative people, um, but I always did uh, still try to keep engaged in the conversation and smile and nod. And this ended up being something that my interviews viewers said that they remembered about me, just being that person in the circle that smiled and nodded. <laughs> Um, but really your, your personal brand or something that makes you unique could just be as simple as that. So if you do find that you're having a hard time getting to know the reps during these virtual networking events, just reach out to them after the event and see if they have time to chat on one-on-one. And remember that in light of the pandemic, every single company, they're still hiring for internship positions, full-time positions, just as usual. So um, there's still plenty of opportunities out there for everybody. Yeah, I know it definitely, you know, even though it may be a little more awkward online, still very much worthwhile to keep networking. Yeah. For sure, and for sure. And I love that a drawback to, uh, you know, personal branding. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's definitely a big tool to use uh, during networking and you know, the whole recruitment process. Yeah. And so uh, you mentioned, you know, you've had a plenty of copy chats with um, 
uh, students and other um, peers in the past. And so you were also quite involved in the UFT community itself as well, you know, through RCAS, um, the FLC um, activities, as well as being a TA. And so I was curious, did these experiences translate into your work at uh, Deloitte today? And if you were to choose which one of those involvements or roles helped shape your approach to work most significantly? Um, yes, yeah, for sure. I think I had um, a really great time sort of just being involved in everything that I was doing in university. And obviously part of the reason of that was just as a business student, um, the criteria sort of for us to get a job it's not really limited to us just being able to graduate. Um, we have to have a variety of other items and involvements and, and experiences on our resumes that sort of represent who we are as a person and kind of shaped who we are today. And so, um, so really having to fulfill that checklist, I guess, is step number one. And also having the passion for that company um, definitely uh in addition to meeting that specific grade minimum, uh, is something that every business student needs to have just as a starting point. And it's likely that when you're looking to your peers, uh, most of them will have similar experiences as you, just because we're all trying to fit that checklist. Um, so looking at looking back at, I think, how all of my uh, involvement and past experiences fit into my role in audit. I, I do feel that it is justified that these skills are recommended when we're applying for the positions because they're, I sort of use these skills sort of in my everyday audit work. So um, for example, in my typical day at work, I'm, I'm always working in a team. So I'm really not doing anything that's alone. Um, my job isn't really done when I'm finished my own portions. It's finished when the whole team is done with the, a whole set of financial statements, which comprises of various bits and pieces of information. And it requires uh, everybody across the team to collaborate and finish on time together. So other than teamwork, I also have to communicate directly with the client sometimes, whether it be through email, phone calls, or in person back then when in-person audit was still a thing. So when I'm required to speak directly to maybe the controller at my client, um, they're sort of in a bigger role. Um, so it's a necessary that I have to have pretty good communication skills because I'm representing the company when I'm speaking to them. So I have to make sure that I have maintained my professionalism as well. So um, that's why I'm pretty thankful that I was able to be involved in all the roles that I had th throughout university because it did help me prepare me better for my role. And in terms of just identifying maybe a specific role that contributed the most to um, helping me at my work, I think it was really just a combination of all of these experiences that really gave me the skill that I have today. Um, so, but one general theme that I kind of was able to sort of highlight across all of the different um, extracurricular activities that I had was that um, all of these roles, it did fuel my passion to help students, um, especially relating to personal development. And most of my positions, it required me, uh, me to either lead a team of uh, my peers or being able to teach a group of students. Um, and this was something that I just found that I, that was something that I stood for and I really thought was important and also enjoyed it at the same time. And 
this became pretty much the recurring theme for most of my extracurricular experiences. Um, and I was able to kind of use the skills that I learned from these experiences in my everyday work. And this is more evident now that I'm sort of in my second year at audit. And um, there are also first years that sort of joined the company after me and they have plenty of questions um, and they want, they need my assistance uh, when they're doing the testing and their work as well. And so I definitely felt like I had, it was, it was more enjoyable for me in my second year because I was able to sort of help them and also uh, give back to them as well. So um, to everybody out there, I would recommend finding something that you strongly believe in and also look for opportunities that uh, resonate with this value that, um, that, you, that you represent for. And then this could be something that also uh, that you can elaborate uh, on your interviews and your applications as well, because uh, this also helps you uh, differentiate yourself from another candidate. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, and especially, you know, I think extracurriculars and, you know, having that uh, hands-on experience is there's really no like replacement for that in, you know, developing your soft skills and your passions. For sure, agree. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, lastly, a question we always like to ask our guests to sort of close the conversation is that, if you could give one word of advice to university students, um, in this case, looking to get into a, a career in audit or accounting, what would that be? Um, so I feel like throughout this whole, uh, I guess, uh, interview or uh, throughout what I've shared, I've just been throwing lots and lots of information <laughs> at everybody. Um, but I guess in summary, uh, to sort of summarize everything that I've talked about, just make sure to attend as many networking events as you can. Um, I started networking uh, throughout my, during university, pretty late actually. And I know that a lot of people nowadays, they're starting to network, uh, start right, right in first year. And that's the right move for sure. I knew I wish that, I, I wish I knew that earlier, um, but definitely networking is very important. Make sure you show your interest to the company and you also learn about what makes that company unique. So you do need to do, a little bit of extra research to help you there um, and also make sure to tailor your application to the specific that you're applying for uh, and secondly if you haven't really done so already um, you should definitely look for what makes you you unique and is your personal brand and, and then emphasize this as this will help you have an advantage um, over other applicants and um, lastly just make sure to keep a positive attitude um, we're all going through the same process through university. We're all trying to uh, find a job and exit university successfully. And I know this seems kind of difficult and um, recruiting seems like it's never ending and it's going to go on forever. Um, but if you persevere, you're going to succeed. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, my three key takeaways, I guess, from everything that I sort of have to offer. <laughs> Yeah, really nice to close on a very positive note. Yeah, and some really great uh, insights and takeaways throughout the whole you know, conversation. So yeah, thank you so much for uh, joining us here at Pharma Commerce Podcast today. No, no problem at all. And I really hope this helps everybody that's out there. And just remember to just believe in yourself and believe that you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>